Welcome to Illinois Family Spotlight, a conversation about issues of the day from a biblical perspective, as well as highlights from interviews, conferences, and events. Here's David Smith. Welcome to another edition of Illinois Family Spotlight. My name is David Smith. I'm the executive director of Illinois Family Institute and Illinois Family Action. My buddy Monty Larrick is out on special assignment today. Well, it's a Saturday, so he's he's actually walking precincts for the next election coming up in April. And that's a pretty so, special assignment. It is. And with me today is Jenna Smith with Self Evident Podcast. She's uh, tell tell the listeners a little bit about Self Evident, real quick. Sure. Well, self-evident is a podcast that we are dedicated to speaking truths that were once self-evident, but doing so in love. So we'd like to approach uh, the issues that are going on in the culture. Um, we like to discuss theology. We like to address po- uh, political issues, but we all like to do it through a worldview of scripture. Amen. Good. Where do they find that? Anywhere that you listen to podcasts. What's your website? Selfevidentpodcast.com. Beautiful. Selfevidentpodcast.com. You would almost say it's self-evident. <laughs> And you did. <laughs> All right. With us today, we have special guests. We have Eric Hovind. Did I say that right, Eric? You got it correct. Who is a Christian husband, father, and a busy speaker and ministry leader who specializes in apologetics, that is, the defense of faith. And he does this through creation science. By God's grace, he has been able to promote the gospel message in all 50 states and in eight foreign countries. According- I'm tired. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds incredible, though. And, and he's got a busy weekend this week. What is he and who is he? Well, he is the president and founder of the Pensacola-based organization known as Creation Today. And you can find that at? Creationtoday.org. Where you can find links to videos, webinars, articles, upcoming events, including upcoming live webinars. How many do you do? Do you want every week? We do. It's every Wednesday at noon, and we invite uh, people to either peek into the audience or actually become part of the audience by partnering with our ministry. And it's a, it's a blast interviewing some of the top scientists around the world on creation versus evolution. So it's always interesting, and it's always, I don't know, you, I leave every episode going, wow, we're right, man. Okay, <laughs> let's let's tell everybody we're right. And, you you uh, leave affirmed. You do. And you then really you have do. an archive of that, right? Exactly. All right, good. So people can go to creationtoday.org. And with Eric today, we have Helmut Welk. He is from the Quad Cities area, and he heads up the Quad City Creation Science Association. He, too, is a Christian husband, has three kids, but he has six grandchildren. Eric hasn't gotten to that level yet, I'm right? I'm Neither am I. It. Neither am I. All right. So, so uh, Air, um, uh, Helmet, thank you for being with us. You are actually uh, g- getting Eric all around the state here this weekend, and I really appreciate that. So um, I wanted to say to you, Eric, welcome to the People's Republic of Illinois. But you told me you were born in Peoria. This is home sweet home, man. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a northerner, buddy. I'm a Yankee at You're home. You're a Yankee, so. and you came from uh, uh, central Illinois. Okay, Cub fan or Sox fan? That's the uh, big debate up here in the Chicago area. Don't even go there with me, man. I'm neither one. Okay, that's a neither good, one. good political answer. All right, I make so, up for that because I like both. You like both? I do, too. <laughs> I do, awesome. too. I, don't I grew up hate... in Chicago. I just want somebody from Chicago to win something. So <laughs> Helmut was telling me you were born in Germany, but Chicago is your home. That's right. We emigrated when I was four months old. Wow. I wanted to see the world. I, you don't have an accent, so there you go. <laughs> All my schooling was up here in Illinois. Okay. University of Illinois and 
and on from there. Fantastic. Well, uh, where can they find more information about the Quad City Creation Science Association? Well, our website is those five letters, qccsa.org or O-R-G. All right, qccsa.org. Yeah, Quad right, City we'll Creation Science Association. Fantastic. You know, I travel a lot. Let me just jump in. And I see a lot of different little clubs and little associations. Yeah. Helmet runs an incredible creation science association that every month is educating and helping and so it's just it's it's really neat what he's doing down there and there's some people and probably in your listening audience that need to get in touch with him go to his website get in touch with him and learn from him and then do more up here and continue that uh that message up here absolutely absolutely I'll pay so, you later for that eric <laughs> <laughs> no that's just the truth so so before we really jump into the main questions uh what should our listeners know about you and your organizations that maybe i missed in my introduction Wow, for me, uh, I am an unworthy servant of the Most High. That's probably the only thing that uh, needs to be said about me. Our creation today really is designed to turn stumbling blocks into stepping stones. And what we see around the world and in ed education system, even in families and in Christian families all the time is so many questions come up that end up being the stumbling blocks that keep people from truly being, uh, first of all, from, from salvation. And then even after we're saved, we find these things are keeping them from being totally sold out. Because it's like, I think we're right, but what about... Too and you many got all doubts. These, yeah. Lots of doubts. And we want to turn every single one of those stumbling blocks, whether you're wondering about the creation-evolution debate, wondering whether science and the Bible come together, whether you're wondering about Noah's Ark or where Cain got his wife, we just want to be able to answer these questions. And once you get the truth, I'm telling you, I cannot... I, well, I guess I can't tell you how many people have come to me and said... I am on fire for God now, now that I know that it's true. So it just makes a difference in people's lives. Amen. Well, thank you for doing that. How about you, Helmet? Well, it's about the same thing, except we are a local group uh, around the Quad City areas. So we're in eastern Iowa as well as northwest uh, Illinois. But I have uh, uh, had a career as a uh, for 38 years as an engineer uh, and uh Loved science ever since I was a kid. That's why I do it. And I love engineering because we apply science to the real world. So that means a lot of math because of engineering well, too, yeah, right? Yeah, a lot of math and a lot of logical deductions yeah. and working. Because yeah. uh, there's a lot of stuff in science that we think is science, but it's really somebody else's assumption or belief system with a few facts of science. But when you dig into it, as an engineer should, and get into the details, you go, oh my, this story doesn't have much really there. Mm. And uh, we realized that, uh, me and five other lay people in the area, that 15 years ago there wasn't much to the creation uh, evolution debate other than evolution has the money and the people and academia, but they don't really have good science. <laughs> and so to get that word out, we started our local group, uh, mostly speaking and uh, doing events in local churches. but. Yeah. I've since then also gone international, and I make two trips to Germany, the country of my birth, just to do creation science events, and they pack my schedule And you've full. got a trip coming up to the Grand Canyon. We, have, we do Grand Canyon tours, Eric, and I do that with Russ Miller out in Arizona. And uh, you can fly into Phoenix, and we will take you to the rim of the canyon, do three lectures that are just awesome, and really, it's like a rolling creation science seminar because we're on the bus a lot. Mm -hmm. But the time goes fast. We show a few videos. We discuss. We point things out. And then we go over to Page, Arizona, and then the 
Saturday morning, we do a raft trip. Oh, wow. And the people get to experience uh, being on the Colorado River between 1,000-foot cliffs on either side. Oh, wow. Just incredible. But for most people, three hours is enough of cold water and rocks. <laughs> right, right. They don't need to do the and full week. And it depends week. on how fast it may be flowing that time at well, that time? Well, it's, it's a float. It's a gentle float. It is, okay. Uh, so it's not that. Not the we, rapids. No rapids. It's good for four years and up, and we've had people 84 go on the trip. Oh, wow. Okay. You just have to go down a little ramp, maybe 60 yards, walk step right into the boat. We experience it. We have a a little potty stop and Indian uh, petroglyphs on the walls. To experience the petroglyphs, to experience going around Horseshoe Bend, that famous picture you see all the time. And you're the little boat down there looking up at the little bitty people. (laughs) Yep. Uh, it's it's truly to me though that even the science that we show on this trip is is just monumental when you realize the true facts about Grand Canyon that it is evidence of the global flood and a catastrophic disaster that took place you just go wow god's word is true it's Amen. one of those trips that it's it's you know the most magnificent of the seven orders of the world and it's a bucket list thing that everybody should do so i want to ask you but i don't want to ask you and maybe we'll save it for later but Water, wear away rock, and create the canyon? What? Okay, sorry. I, maybe we'll get back to that later. Okay. But I want, I want Jenna to start off with the, the basic. Let's start at the very 101 level. Yeah. What is creationism? <laughs> it's common sense. That's what it is. <laughs> creationism, is. creationism is the common sense view that design demands a designer, that a painting demands a painter, that a building demands a builder, and that God, the, the author of all things, is the one who created the heavens and the earth. And scientifically, it came about uh, really with Henry Morris and John Whitcomb writing a book called The Genesis Flood because after Darwin came out with his book on the origin of species, and that's not the full title, that's a whole other subject, but after he came out with his book, a lot of people adopted an evolution worldview, and it began to take over. Uh, If you look at the history of it, evolution came about because somebody taught the earth was old, a guy named James Hutton. Well, when you look at his background, you find out he got a girl pregnant at 21 out of wedlock, they separated him, and then he, for the rest of his life, would write about his sexual escapades, and he was looking for a way to get rid of the Bible. And if he could show that the earth was old, it got rid of Genesis. Now he didn't have the law of God to worry about. He didn't have to worry about Exodus. He didn't have to. So it actually, the whole old earth idea, which gave us evolution, came about from individuals trying to get rid of God out of their life and out of their thinking. And that is, to me, once, once that was, Milton Marcy wrote a book and just uncovered that. Uh, the Emperor Who Has No Clothes is the tagline of the book, and I'm trying to remember the title, but... Uh, Exposed that to show, look, evolution came about, and then really the scientific consensus tried to come around that even though there was a lot of science against it at the time, it kind of pushed on through. And Thomas Huxley, Darwin's bulldog, pushed evolution all over Germany and then around the world. Uh, Then a response to that didn't come until really Henry Morris and John Whitcomb, you know, in the 1950s started going, wait a minute, like this. This doesn't make sense because the whole point of evolution is to say we don't need God. Right. We weren't created. We were evolved. And and, and it's a, it's a fallacy. It's a it's a myth. It is. It right? really is. But but it's but now evolution is being taught as dogma in every school you go to, every yeah. public school, every college. We're right here. Was just next to uh, University of Illinois Chicago. Yeah, UIC. Uh, it's being shoved down the throats of every student, and. It takes, well, engineers like Helmut, who questioned it, he's going, well, wait a minute here. This doesn't make any sense when you actually look at the actual facts and the data, but not everybody gets to do that. Most people are just 
being taught that. That's all they've learned. So they don't know. And when you present another view, they go, creationism actually makes sense. It looks like we were intelligently made. It looks like we were fearfully and wonderfully made, as the Bible says. So it makes a whole lot more sense. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's got the explanatory power to explain why we feel hurt, pain, why we feel love, why we have emotions, why do we have joy, why do we have truth, why do we have right and wrong? And once you once you figure that out, the evolution world, evolutionary worldview can't explain that. Only a Christian creation worldview, the idea that God truly created the heavens and the earth the way he says he did in the Bible. He literally took six days to create and one day to rest, which is the basis for our week. We don't get the week from anywhere in nature. You get a, a day from nature, a revolution of the earth, a month from nature, a lunar cycle, a year from nature. You don't get the seven-day week. We only get that from how long it took God to create the heavens <laughs> and the earth. So it's, yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's common sense when you really look into it. So it seems like people at in public schools and in public education systems are being told that they are following the science instead of actually following the science. That is true. It's a, it's, we've heard the term, the term fake news, you know, made yes. a big deal of, and I just call it fake science. Yes. Cause when you look into it, it is a hundred percent fake science. They're using, they're using confirmation bias, uh, to say if evolution is true, this is what it would look like. And then trying to find that they're ignoring any of the other evidence that goes against it. It's, it's actually worse. It's a religion. When you look up a yes. religion, it's, well, I, I, that's one of my questions oh, for is you. It, it, it is. really is. It, yeah. It follows the, the outset of what is when you look up what a religion is yes. and you look up how dogmatic people are about religions, evolution is unbelievably a religious worldview. Yeah. And people protect, protect it with religious oh, dogma. Yes. Yes. I mean, they get mad when you try to – you're not really challenging. Because science, if we're challenging so, science, so they they're have, okay with that. And they have a process to discipline you out. It's oh, just yeah. called censorship. They will take <laughs> you out. And the expelled, no intelligence allowed movie back in the day yes, when Ben I Stein remember did that. that. Yep. Uh, but if you question evolution in the university, you are very quickly kind of pushed aside, which shows us it's not a science because science is all about questioning things. Yes, yes. That's why it's fake science. So right, in our so, original question – I would call it creation science. Okay. And what is creation science? It's astronomy, biology, geology, anthropology. Every branch of science, when you get into it, mm. confirms the biblical account and not Darwin. Nice. You just do a little extra work and you'll find that. I love it. Thank you. Yeah, I would say it's creation versus evolutionism. The ism, <laughs> the religion part, goes on the evolution side. So years ago, maybe 20 plus years ago, I read this book called Tornado in a Junkyard. Either one of you guys were familiar with that? Um, James Perloff wrote it, and it had a strong impact on me. Um, I enjoyed the challenge he laid out using, quote, the science of structure, order, and relationship that has evolved from elemental practices of counting and measuring, which is the definition of mathematics. And so he specifically went into the laws of probability, and the whole title is, Tornado in a junkyard. What's the probability of a tornado going through a junkyard and assembling a fully functioning engine running 747? So you went immediately invested in property in Oklahoma and right. of junkyards, right? <laughs> right. You thought, dude, I'm going to make some money here. <laughs> I'm going to get some airplanes out of airplanes. this thing. It just, it just floored me. And it's like, how do people believe this? That's my question. The laws of probability stop. You know, one organ functioning fully evolving on its own let alone all of our organs put together 
uh, and encapsulate it by another huge organ called the skin. Yeah. Let alone why would they why would they evolve independently? I mean, why when hair when how and why did the did the blood form or the heart to beat the blood or the veins to carry the blood? Like you have to have multiple interworking relationships, interdependent relationships happening and. Uh, even in, in the world, the symbiotic relationships, you know, you got animals and plants that are dependent on each other. So symbiotic relationships, there are thousands. I mean, I've met kids that are 25 years old that still have a symbiotic relationship, you know, with their parents. <laughs> can't survive without them. Right, right. <laughs> and and these are all over the world. So you can't have these things evolving slowly and gradually over millions of years when they depend on each other. A, a six-day creation makes sense of all the symbiotic relationships that well, we see. And you started off by saying creationism is common sense. When you look at this, the, the whole problem, laws of probability, it doesn't make sense. It does the not. other side doesn't make sense. Correct. Right? The, the evolution side, yeah. yeah. The idea that, and they've actually done the math on this, the, the, yeah. the mathematics of us evolving or of s- certain things evolving. And, and they, they basically say, look, the chances that evolution happened are if you took the entire state of Texas and covered it in, in half dollars, two feet thick, and half dollars all the way across the state of Texas, and you took one and marked it red, and you threw it out in the middle of Texas, and then you were on the moon, and you threw a dart at the earth, and it had to hit Texas, and it had to hit that half dollar. Those are the chances. My gosh. And it's according to, I don't know. That's I, a very I, creative analogy. I loved, yeah, so would you, would you say that these uh, evolutionists have greater faith than we do in the Lord Jesus Christ? I I, I wouldn't use that terminology. Okay. I would say they have blind faith. They have blind See, faith. we don't have blind faith. No, our, our faith is not... The word faith has been hijacked by the secular world, and they like to teach faith as though it's belief without evidence. Okay. That's not what faith is. I sat down in this chair right here because I, I, I looked at it. It looked like a solid floor. looked like a solid <laughs> chair. I had faith, but it wasn't blind faith. Right. I wasn't like, oh, it's being held up by toothpicks. Well, by golly, I'm just going to... If I have enough faith, it'll hold me. No. Real faith is based on great facts, yes. and evolution is blind faith based on no good facts. Amen. You know, to be an atheist, you have to believe that inanimate matter, wet rocks, turned into <laughs> living things. And even an atheist, Sir Fred Hoyle, tried to analyze that when we started looking at the life through the micro, uh, electron microscope. And he came up and factored that the chance of a single cell popping into existence all by itself right. was 1 out of 10 to the forty thousandth power. Wow. That's a number with 40,000 digits Math, math makes front. me go a little sweaty here. That, well, that's <laughs> just way out there. So. That's a so lot of zero. That is blind faith to be an atheist. Yeah, it is. You have to have a lot of faith. But most people aren't taught to think about it. Wow. All right. Well, with that said, let's take a break and we will come right back and we'll f- continue our discussion with Eric Hovid and Helmut Welk. We'll be right back. With a one-minute look at culture from a Christian worldview, I'm John Stone Street with The Point. In George Orwell's infamous novel 1984, the dystopian regime proclaimed self-contradictory slogans like war is peace, freedom is slavery, ignorance is strength. While some in the Colorado legislature are attempting to employ that same legal strategy in a new spate of pro-abortion bills. If passed, it will be illegal for pregnancy resource centers to lie to clients. No, they're not referring to Planned Parenthood's repeated lies about their services, their mission, or their income. Instead, the law would prevent pro-life centers from saying they offer abortion, something no one's credibly accused them of doing in the first place. The irony here is thick. Those who support the taking of life in the womb do it in the name of dignity with false accusations while spreading that those who wish to save preborn lives are deceptive and harmful. This is as much Orwellian doublethink as in the book. They might as 
well say harm is medicine, death is life, truth are lies. Sometimes they actually do. For the Colson Center, I'm John Stone Street with The Point. Welcome back. This is David Smith, Illinois Family Spotlight, sitting here with my co-host Jenna Smith from Self-Evident Podcast. We're here with Eric Hovind with creationtoday.org, and we're here with Helmut Welke of the Quad City Creation Science Association, and we're talking all kinds of good stuff here today. Uh, Jenna, you have the next question up on our list here. I do, and it kind of ties into the um, subject that we were going through before we took a break. Um, you were mentioning how people were taught basically what to think instead of how to think. And so my question to you is why is it important that Christians of every age, denomination, and ability have a working knowledge of a biblical view of creation? Here's the stats. Today, 70% of kids that grow up in a Christian home and then attend a secular university will reject God after one year of college. God help us. It takes one year of the freshman-level biology to destroy their faith in what they've been brought up with. I think there's a lot of factors that go into that. I think there's a lot of parents that are hypocrites that their kids never really saw them practicing true Christianity. But I think the bigger issue is I think we got a lot of kids that are growing up in Christian homes, and if they leave and they reject Christianity, that means we got a lot of kids that are growing up in Christian homes that aren't Christians. they're, They're just simply realizing it's just getting exposed that no, they don't really, they're not really, they weren't Christians to begin with. They, they're not walking away from something they truly believed. They just never truly believed. believed. Yeah. And that's the issue we're facing today. So I look at, at creationism as one of those foundational things that everybody needs to have a good understanding of. I mean, the talk that we gave today up at the college, the, it was amazing to me, these, these students' questions, they're the same basic questions. Well, what about dinosaurs on the ark? Well, well, didn't the Big Bang actually happen? And well, and you just start asking questions to go behind that, and it's like, wait a minute, no, that's that doesn't work. That's impossible. It didn't happen. So, trying to give them a, a working knowledge of that, but really trying to get them to see God for who He is, of why He created the heavens and the earth, that He did it for His glory. And when we, I can't help but think if our lives, as parents to our children, modeled. I am doing what I do for the glory of God. Amen. That's it. That's it. That's why I'm going to love you. That's why when I'm wrong, I'm going to ask forgiveness from you, just like I want you to ask forgiveness of me. That's Catechism 101, yeah. isn't it? <laughs> there it is. Yes, it First really question. is. First question. So really showing and living that out is so critical, and I think that starts with honoring him as the creator of all things and recognizing And that he, he can be believed. His yeah. word can be believed. Yes. And it has been preserved. Yep. And for us in our instruction, not that that every single um, translation is perfect, word perfect, right? But the original uh, inspired text of God can be trusted, right? We we should figure that out. I got a whole other analogy that I do that's a (laughs) really interesting thought experiment that shows us you 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 have to start with the Word of God. Yeah. Like there's no yes. other foundation. No. There's no other foundation. Here's the question. Uh, that Lee, There's three-step process. Step number one, if you could be wrong about something, can you claim that you know it's true? If I said the Sears Tower is 1,751 <laughs> feet tall, but I could be wrong, <laughs> do I know the height if I say I could be wrong? Uh, no. No, I don't. No. Okay. <laughs> if I said the speed limit right here is 35 miles an hour, but I could be wrong, do I know the speed limit? Yeah. No. No, because if I could be wrong, then I don't really know. Right. 
Okay, that was step one. Step number two, out of all the knowledge in the universe, let's have this table right here in front of us represent all knowledge. So you got biology and chemistry and astronomy and physics and, and botany and women's brains. That'll be that whole half of it, okay? Um, sorry, Jen, I'm That's just kidding. That's the spaghetti portion over <laughs> yes, there. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Ladies, I'm just kidding. Mine, the men's are empty, so at least you got something it's, going It's the you, empty okay? um, boxes. Oh, the, that's uh, right, yeah, I love that. The he's, carpentalized, he's the so waffles. So if this table represents all knowledge in the universe throughout all time, so like what the fleas have all done today on the squirrel's back and what they were doing yesterday, like all knowledge. <laughs> Jenna, how much knowledge do you think we've got? Well, limited. On the table. On the table. Like, What's now, available out, on the out table? Out of all the knowledge, the, the, the table represents all knowledge. How much do you think you have personally? How much do you, out of all the knowledge in the whole universe, how much does Jenna have? Or how much does David have? I have none. <laughs> Not very much. Fraction. A fraction, fraction of a fraction. <laughs> so you're with Tom, Thomas Edison, the great inventor, said, yeah. we don't know one millionth of 1%. Yeah, oh, there you go. He's yeah. like, it's tiny, tiny, tiny. Okay. Yeah. Well, let's just, for sake of analogy, pretend that we think we've got 1%. Yeah. That's stretching it for us, Jenna. Don't make fun of your dad and I for that, okay? <laughs> but we're just going to think we got 1%. Here's the question. Is it possible that out of the vast, the 99% that we don't have, that something out there could contradict that little bitty tiny 1% that we think that we do have? It's very possible. It's possible, Dave. Okay. Is that possible? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So what you're telling Especially me, Especially if we have Google and Siri in our, in our hand, right? <laughs> That's right. right. Yeah. And, and they'll lie to us, they? will they? absolutely lie to us. Yeah. So here's the question. If something the 99% could contradict or prove wrong, the little tiny bit that we think that we have, that means we could be wrong about that 1%. Is that right, Jenna? Right. Mm -hmm. Well, Jenna, step number one was if you could be wrong, you don't really know. So I don't know anything. So if you could be wrong about the 1%, that means you don't know the 1%, which means you don't know anything well, at all. Well, I know that I know nothing. So now that lands us in what we call, now that's the logical conclusion. You're correct. But that lands us in what we call absurdity world. Mm -hmm. Absurdity world is a statement that contradicts itself. If I said, you know, Jen, I don't believe in words. <laughs> I wrote a book about it. I'll give you a copy of it. Thank I don't you. believe in words. Yeah. Words do not exist. My very statement is using what? Words. So my statement refutes itself. Mm -hmm. If I said I don't speak any English, well, I, I just did, right? So my statement refutes the statement. The statement, and this is the logical conclusion, you're correct. The statement goes, comes down to I don't know anything. The problem is that very statement is something that you know. So we call that absurdity world. And, and people, the, the, the brightest um, philosophers in the world have realized there's only two outs. There's only two ways out of this. Way number one, you can know everything. And if you know everything, well, now you can't be wrong and you can have truth. Mm -hmm. Or you just have to know someone who knows everything. If you know someone who has the whole table of knowledge, 100% knowledge, he can reveal truth to you, Amen. and you can know that it's true, even though you don't know everything. So the only way to have knowledge is if you start with a being that knows it all. Yeah. And without that being revealing truth to us, we're stuck in absurdity world where we say we know that we don't know. Well, that's absurdity world. Now, so we do have knowledge, <laughs> and you can't have knowledge without the one who knows it all. Right. Precisely. That's where God's Word comes in. That is revelation from God to man, and it should make us fall in love. With Amen. He has revealed truth to 
us. You've got to have a meme or some kind of outline with all that. That's I do. very good. I do. I've Send been, it to me. I've been doing it on college campuses. Oh. I've, uh, it is so powerful. I throw their college t-shirt on and I go and say, hey, I'm doing interviews today. I look like somebody from the college. So you go on a man on the street type oh, of interview? Oh, I love that. Absolutely. Yes. I say, hey, it pays five bucks for five minutes of your time. Do you have no five way. minutes? Yeah, give them five bucks. They jump on it. I go through those three steps and you'd be... They used so, to be able to buy a cup of coffee. Yeah, not anymore, unfortunately. <laughs> you are, you'd be shocked as you hear people. I get to that end and I turn the paper around and on the bottom it says God or absurdity. And I say, so we're just curious, which world are you living in? And I hand them the paper and they get to keep it. And I say, are wow. you living in God world or absur- wow. absurdity world? And you'll have about 25% will say, I think I'll live in absurdity world. Really? That's and I go, well, you say that with your lips. But your life doesn't live. You don't that know way. what seeds you're planting, though, Eric. You, That's they're the planting goal. exactly. Because and I tell or, them, I say, you don't wonder which side of the road to drive on. You're not, you're not questioning that. Yeah. You're you're not living in absurdity world. You're living as if truth exists, yeah. but you're denying that truth exists. Wow. So, so you know powerful. who Brett Kunkel is? Yes. So he uses the analogy of of leave a pebble in their shoe. Right? Exactly. Yeah. So so when they walk away, they're just kind of bothered. I just had him on my show. Just had him on my show two weeks ago. His book Tactics is fantastic. Yep. So sorry for that little rabbit trail, but yes, God's word is the foundation. You need to study the word of God. And uh, so let me let me throw this to to helmet. Um, Worldview. How important is biblical worldview, especially for parents and grandparents and their and their kids? It's the foundation. It really is important. If, if uh, we want to get rid of Genesis, or even just the first 11 chapters of Genesis, well then, what, where did sin come from? Yeah. Why is it important? Yeah. Uh, why are we here? Who made us? Did anybody make us? That is the very foundation of the gospel. Knowing that there is a creator who made us perfect, and that sin is a root problem. We live in a culture that does not take sin seriously. No. And yet God does. No, they don't take it seriously. They've actually flipped it upside down and called evil good and good evil. Yes, it's really gone upside down, hasn't it? Absolutely. And when you do that, you just get chaos. And we're seeing it in the streets. And you take generations of school kids and teach them that they're just glorified monkeys. And then we wonder, why do they act that way in the streets? Yeah. It's because they've got a generation or two being taught all right, so there this is, is no meaning to life. So let me throw this at you guys. Um, it's not on my list, but I just, it's, uh, you know, recently I read a story that 30% of teenage girls are contemplating suicide. We see that, um, you know, drug addiction and um, uh, depression are sky high among young people. What does that have to do with having a biblical worldview or lack of a biblical worldview? It is the lack of a biblical worldview. My people because are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. Exactly. Destroyed for lack of knowledge. Knowledge of God, of his word. Their purpose. And what is truth. Their purpose. Why you are here. And, you know, just being able to answer that basic question we just kind of alluded to, why is there death and suffering and disease in this world? The answer is sin. Now, as we talked, our culture doesn't accept that answer and wants to turn it on its head, and yet that is the root problem. And if we have and help people understand that we are separated from our creator and that it is our fault but he has held out his hand to us in love and paid for our sin we only have to accept it through jesus christ who died on the cross for us that all of that that entire gospel is foundational in what happened in genesis and what god said genesis and what god says he did 
you know what gets me about all that? It's so important that God wants to redeem us. He wants to redeem us. That's why he sent his son to die for us, which tells me I'm worth something to him. I, I'm not worth anything in myself. I'm only worth something to him because of him. And if he can redeem me or us, why wouldn't we take that? Why wouldn't we take that opportunity? You know, your creator wants to redeem you. And then I'll point to this. Ephesians 2.10 says that uh, even before we were born, God created good works for us to walk in. All we have to do is find those good works. We have purpose. He created things for us to do, good things for us to do. We and just have to find it. the verses before that says, for by grace you've been saved through faith. That's right. And then we have the good works to walk in. Amen. But if we destroy our relationship with God or right. tell, teach young people there is no meaning when you're going to get abused by other people, yes. it's just the way it is. Yep then no wonder suicide rates are up among young people. And then people. You, you find all these young people buying into this transgender ideology where they, they want to change their pronouns and change their body. And I was born the wrong person. There is no truth They there, listen is to there? the propaganda. Right. But the social just, contagion the is very real. Thing. Uh, what Eric and I do, and Eric is you know doing this on a bigger scale, and he's very good at talking to uh, atheists and agnostics on campuses, but when you can take high school kids and in your church, in your youth groups, and give them one or two good creation science presentations during those formative years, yes. we can turn those statistics around. They will see. Is it that little? You they can just, go they from, need a little salt. It's salt? like a house of, house of cards, man. You pull one little thing out, and all of a sudden it starts come, tumbling down. Amen. We can reverse those statistics. Instead of 70% walking away from the faith, we can have 70% stay solid in the faith Amen. if they learn a little about knowledge of the truth of the Bible. Okay, so now i got to ask. On, faith, on track. People are listening to this. They're saying, oh, my gosh, I didn't realize that just a little salt, right? Can preserve. Yeah. So, how can they get a hold of you? Are you available for speaking? Are you still traveling? <laughs> Looking at your bio, I say yes. So, are you available for speaking? Yeah, I only churches? travel two times a month. Uh, I've okay. seen a lot of people win the world and lose their family, and I oh, don't no. want to be that guy. So good for you. Uh, good don't for you. I, I, I limit my traveling. Helmet is up here in the area, uh, depending on where you're listening to this podcast. He's in uh, the Quad, in the City, Quad City area. Yep. yep. Uh, I'm down in Pensacola, Florida, but we've got a network of creation speakers all around the country yeah. uh, that if it's not me, get it from somebody yeah. um, and, and have that truth. Uh, I even, you know, just start, start like start watching our shows once a week. You know, yeah. we do the creation today show specifically to help you. We've got a lot of homeschool families that they tune into that yeah. as their, that's, that's one of their science lessons of the week is the creation today show. Well, I've got my like, three, oh, my three oldest with me so we can go and watch you tonight. Yeah, absolutely. You know, this is part of their homeschooling, man. So. I will put them to sleep so fast. <laughs> So fast, man. <laughs> it's okay. You're, you know what a tithing stick is, right? Yo, I love it. Yeah, yeah. you got one of those. Huh? I got one of those. Helmet, you wanted to weigh in on this. Where can they reach you? Well, I'm available through the Quad City Creation Science Association. Yes. You can find uh, a contact on our website. Okay. But I would also say is get in contact with your local creation science organizations in the entire Chicago area. Yes. There's Midwest Creation Fellowship. And they uh, do great jobs. They have monthly meetings. Monthly meetings, yep. and they have three identical meetings way up north Chicago, yep. west Chicago. And even Wheaton, south Chicago. And now in the south side of yes. Chicago. And that's where Eric is going to start tonight. Right. But 
I also am in the Quad Cities. We have the Quad City Creation Science Association, so we're on the western side of the state. But down in the St. Louis area, we have the Missouri Association for Creation, oh, so MAC. Are you guys all connected then? Uh, that's what I've been working on. It's how we can get small groups. Eric's helped with that. Yeah getting these small local groups, teaching the truth of the Bible, biblical creation, how that makes sense in science, maintain your faith. There's a whole network of them across the country. And right here on the edges of Illinois, you've got three good ones. Very yeah. good. So between creation fellowships, between our websites and the shows, and between the resources, we're at a place now. When 19, in 1950, when the Henry Morris started, there was nothing. Right. In the last 70 years, there is a plethora of Books, DVDs, small groups. I just did a movie called Genesis Paradise Lost. First 3D film showing that. God creating the heavens and the earth. And uh, so there are a plethora of resources now to help educate and, well, educate and entertain. And you have your a store kids. on your site? We do creationtoday.org. Yeah. Yep, you can check out the shopping cart. We do. I do lots of free stuff. So I we, this trip to the Grand Canyon, you can see what we teach at the Grand Canyon. Go to grandcanyonmovie.com. I did a whole if, documentary. If, it's free right there. If I can, I want to do this. I want to do it. Come to the Grand I have Canyon. always loved the Grand Canyon. My wife and I took a scenic flight when on our honeymoon over the Grand Canyon. And it was so gorgeous. And, and looking at the Hoover Dam from, you know, yes. whatever, a couple hundred feet up in the air. I don't remember how far we are. But it was so amazing. So uh, I would love to see it with my kids in person. Uh, that would be fun. But, Road trip. Um, so, uh, all right. Well, listen, let's get your websites one more time. And we're going to have to do part two, guys. I'm sorry. I'm going to have to <laughs> keep it. you for part two because I've got more questions. But we're running out of time. So, Eric, how do they get a hold of you? What's your website? Are you on Facebook, Twitter, and all that other good stuff? All of the above. Just <laughs> creation today. Just keep that in mind. So in we're doing a lot on Instagram, a lot on Facebook, a lot on YouTube right now. Okay. My Instagram reels have exploded. Like, we've, we've reached, I forget how many million people last month just with Instagram. And I'm like, And I, reels are short videos. Those are the shorts, yeah. Okay. So we take our shows and turn them in these little short videos or my debates and turn those into little short clips. And and so you get your little quotes out there. Oh, they're fantastic. I, I love, I'm a real guy. I, yeah. I don't know about you guys. I can spend a couple hours watch. Like instead of watching movies, we're around the house. Like we're, you guys want to watch a movie, and it's it's me and my wife and my son. The, the girls are gone, and I'm like, "Hey guys, let's just share reels with each other." We're sitting there sharing <laughs> reels back and forth. I'm like, "This is great." That's so, resonating yeah. with the young people. That's for sure. That's good. So, um, but just creation today. So and then you memes. You, you do memes too. Uh, yeah, I need to get it. I got a lot that I've done. I'd love to do more. Yeah, I always debate how sarcastic do I get, and I'm jealous of the Babylon Bee for getting away with all of their sarcasm. <laughs> <laughs> wondering how much of that I should do. And I also want to reach these atheists. So uh, they're, they're my, I got a, a lunch on Tuesday with a very famous atheist here in the area that I'm just like, man, I just, I love them. I just want to reach Wonderful. out to them and hang out with them. And Creationtoday.org. How about you, Helmet? Our group is the five initials, Quad City Creation Science Association.org, QCCSA.org. Or you can reach me at info at QCCSA.org. Okay. You want to close this out, Jenna? Absolutely. So with all that being said, thank you so much for listening to the Illinois Family Spotlight. Until next time, stay healthy and stay active and God bless. For more information about Illinois Family Spotlight, visit ifiaction.org. And to email questions and comments, do so at feedback at ifiaction.org.